Okay, I've got a great quote for the quote of the day. It's from Larry Crabb in the book, Becoming a True Spiritual Community. He says, the church needs many things. It will properly prioritize its needs only when it gets its purpose straight. Its purpose is to draw people into Christ, to mirror Christ to one another, to show Christ to others by the way we live. That happens only in a community of people on a journey to God, only in a group of people who turn their chairs toward each other. I do think this is one of the things that we really need to work on more uh, to get better at, this idea of the spiritual community, the church, and the relationships that we have there. Uh, Jesus did say that it is by the love that we have for each other that the world will know that we are his disciples, and we seem to be lacking that quite often. And in this book, uh, Larry Crabb is really a strong proponent of this idea of a deeper spiritual community that really is focused on uh, Christ-likeness personally, and it's a very safe community. It's a community where um, it's okay to make mistakes. Uh, We don't uh, put people down, criticize people for failures, but do our best to lift them up. Even in the midst of uh, sin and failure, we recognize that spark of um, being made in the image of God. You can see that image of God, the image bearer in the, the person, even in the midst of their failures. And that's what we look for. Someone that is uh, genuinely has accepted Christ as our Savior. We want to lift them up and encourage them. And spiritual community is a place where uh, it is safe to fail and to learn from our mistakes and to continue to get up and keep going. And I think for many of us, as the world has become a crazy place, and it, it doesn't feel safe anywhere between things like the uh, cancel culture that people talk about and the way that people are divided over uh, basic things, fr- from everything from basic things to uh, the largest political issues. I mean, it's, everything is division, division, division. And the church needs to be a place where it's unity. And the unity is not in our perfection and our in our opinions and preferences. The unity is in Christ. Okay, last week we talked about happiness and how people are less happy than ever before. And this week, I just want to touch briefly on something related to that, I believe. And it is the issue of anxiety and worry in our culture today. Um, It seems like almost everywhere you turn, the majority of the people are, are anxious, and it is seen as a normal part of life, that you should be anxious and a little bit worried and concerned about something all the time. Um, I personally don't think that's a good way to live, and in looking at the effect of stress on the body, you know, it's not healthy to have that anxiety and stress all the time. Now, you can't go long-term. I would say that probably a significant percentage of our health problems today are related to the fact that we have this anxiety, a low level of stress all the time. Where does that come from? Well, I know it's the the pat answer that we want to give is just that people need to trust God more. But practically, when we look at our society and the culture that we live in, 
I would say there are a couple of places where we see built into our society and our current way of living things that build anxiety. Uh, one of those is social media. Uh, when you look at social media and you see how other people live, if you compare yourself, you're often going to feel um, less, less than. You know, when you compare to the best that other people are putting forward, because that's what it is. People don't put on their, their normal life. They put on uh, the best. They don't put on their bad days. You see their great days when they look awesome, when they feel awesome, when they're doing something special. And you compare your life to that, and you feel like, well, I'm not doing something right because my life's not like that. And that can be, build anxiety or, or fear or worry that I'm not doing it right. You also have in social media today... Um, all of the negative people are attacked for what they say or for what they did uh, recently, 20 years in the past. Uh, so there's a constant fear that if I don't live up to a standard, I'm going to be attacked. I have to be careful about what I say, um, which it's true. We do need to be careful about what we say and be willing to uh, bear the consequences of that. But we also need to be willing to give people the freedom to make mistakes or to change and grow. Uh, how do people change and grow if they don't have an opportunity uh, to talk to other people and, and work through their ideas? Um, that's something that's missing in our uh, on the debate stage today. That's uh, something that's missing in our conversations. We don't give people the, the freedom to have a different opinion, to express it, and then to talk it through. Uh, we hear it, and then we just attack them. Um, that's not a healthy way to live, and I think that aspect of social media builds a lot of anxiety and worry in us as well. And then combine social media and this constant connection with other people and uh, feeling pressure to conform and fear of making a mistake. Combine that with uh, a news cycle that, that covers everything all the time and that is really built around the idea that people need to be worried about something. I mean, news seems to pick out the worst things in life, and let's put those forward. You don't see a lot of good local stories about happy things or things that are going well. Uh, you hear the one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand that was a disaster. Uh, you don't hear about the 99 or the 999 that are going well. So uh, news is really meant to, not really to inform us so much, anymore, uh, but to scare you. And if you're scared, you keep coming back. You need to know more about the top story that they're uh, trying to sell you. So news and social media combine together to, to build this environment where we're always worried about something. We're always anxious about something. and We're afraid we're not doing life well, or there are so many problems that you can imagine, and you're really challenged in the news to imagine what might could happen. You know, this, this could happen to you. Uh, this could happen to your friends. You have to be careful. You need to be afraid. Um, even of things that are not likely to ever to happen or to you or maybe not likely ever to happen, even in your country, uh, you hear this uh, stories of fear and worry and disaster. And they, things do take place, and I'm not saying that we don't need the news, but the way it's presented uh, and some things that are presented don't need to be worldwide news. Um, but it is part of selling the product. And the product really is the viewer. Uh, the news is trying to get you to watch their show so that they can sell advertising. Um, and this whole that's a whole other issue that sometime we might talk about. But commercials are just 
uh, designed to make you unhappy and dissatisfied, not content with what you have. So a lot of our society today is is built around this idea that you should be stressed and anxious and worried, and you should be dissatisfied. Uh, so in the midst of that, when last week we talked about, hey, happiness is, we're less happy than we've ever been before, it's not really a surprise. We have more news than ever before from more different sources. Um, social media is more prevalent in every aspect of life, from business to uh, personal um, interactions to hobbies. I mean, it's just there all the time. And this constant information overload, I think, builds anxiety, particularly in certain kinds of people. Certain personalities probably are more susceptible than others. But really, for a lot of people that I've talked to, and they're, they're recognizing this anxiety is not good. One of the uh, pieces of advice that I would have is listen to less news, watch less news. Um, ask somebody to keep you up to date on the big things or to tell you if there's something really, really important that you need to know. But don't feel like you have to watch the news every day. Don't feel like you have to watch the news uh, even every week. I mean, there are times when, yeah, there's something going on you want to pay attention to. But realistically, every day there's not something new that you need to hear. Uh, There's not something new that's important, uh, something of value. Uh, And I think you'll be happier the less news you you ingest. Um, the same thing with social media. Um, the less social media that you were involved with, the more likely you are to be involved in something locally, to be involved with people who are local in your life. A lot of our fear and worry, um, I think, would be lessened if we're more involved with our family and with our close friends and we're doing something productive close by. And I think that doing something pro- productive is part of that, whether it's being involved in a local hobby or in just deeper conversations and relationships with the people who are in our lives. So if you're struggling with worry, fear, uh, anxiety, um, yes, I think the pat answer is true. We do need to to learn to trust God more. So maybe spend less time on social media and and more time building that relationship with God. And how do you do that? Maybe that's something we'll talk about sometime, but work on building that relationship. But also step away from the things that are causing you to be anxious fearful. Okay, it's time for Chloe's Corner again. Chloe has a new song for us, so what do you have for us this week, Chloe? Uh, This one's a more recent song. I wrote this one actually just last month, and it's called Home. Home. Sounds like a promising title. What's it about? It's, well, the main premise of the song is these bunch of people are walking. And they're walking, they don't really know why they're walking or where they're walking to. And the person who's singing really wants there to be a goal at the end of the march. So they want the journey to be about something or they want to be going somewhere. Right. And so is the song about hoping for that or is it that you achieve that in the song? It's mostly hoping. Okay. Sounds good. Let's hear it. blurs in the heat sneakers scrape concrete walking on no time for thought earbuds play mindless pop where are we going 
Nobody knows if that bothers you. Just keep your eyes on your toes. If you want to know what we're doing this for, we don't really care. Just go till we can't see anymore. But I Just walk our own path But surely someone's got a map Wish they'd be kind enough to share Save us all from this nightmare Don't they see the people who just give up The ones who lay down and don't get back up But when we started out, saw possibilities Now we just hope we won't be walking for eternity It's a really good image of the Christian life as we're marching and a lot of people have hope for the future, but along the, the way, they're not really sure right. uh, what direction we're going, when are we going to get there, is there really something there, so they have lots of doubts, but there's always that hope that this is going somewhere and we are going to 
uh, reach that in the end. Yeah, and this is also sort of encouragement. You know, the second verse says, you know, probably someone somewhere has got a map. Mm. We're the people with the map. Christians yeah. are the people with the map, and we need to yep. be reaching out to other people and saying, hey, there yep. is a goal. There's a place we're walking to. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Great song. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, today in Living Theology, we want to look at the Holy Spirit, particularly two passages of Scripture that have an idea I want to, to refer to. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 talks about us being baptized into one body, and Ephesians 4, 3, and 4 talk about the goal of unity in the Spirit. You know, there's one body, one Spirit. What does that practically mean to us as Christians who are living uh, a life following Jesus today? I think the body of Christ uh, has to be super important to us as believers we really can't place high enough value on this group of people. If you think about the sum total of the New Testament, uh, Jesus died for this group of people, for the body of Christ, uh, to become uh, one with him, to become uh, a temple that he dwells in, to become a body with the different parts. And all of those parts are to be unified, to be one. And Ephesians 4 specifically talks about this goal of uh, the body of Christ using all of its gifts for the purpose of building up toward maturity. So the Holy Spirit both baptizes us into this body, places you into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit also gives you the gifts that the body needs to be mature and to be what God intends for it to be. As I go through life, as you go through life, it's great for us to remember, to recognize the fact that we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times. Uh, we have God's Word to guide us and direct us. We have the Holy Spirit to uh, give us wisdom, to uh, enlighten Scripture, to help us understand it. And we have this body of believers that God has given us to uh, feed into our lives, to help us to accomplish the task that God has for us. Uh, it's really awesome to recognize that we're not in this alone. For me, the the body of Christ, one of the important aspects of that that is so encouraging is to recognize that uh, God didn't intend for me to struggle through by myself. He gave me this group of believers with the intention that we would rely on each other, that we would use our gifts to build each other up, that we would encourage, that we would bear each other's burdens, um, all of those times when we feel like, you know, I'm by myself, I'm in this alone, that's really not how God intends for us to feel. That's not how God intends for us to, to walk forward. He intends for us to walk forward as a unified body of believers who are uh, united in our goal of glorifying God with our lives, with our choices, with our, um, our gifts. We're united in our goal of building each other up, of considering others uh, better than ourselves, of serving them. And it is this unity in the Spirit, the unity around the call of Christ, the unity in following Jesus uh, that unites us. It's not that we all 
think the same thing about every um, issue that comes up in the public arena. We can have drastic uh, differing views. We can have different opinions. It's okay. We can uh, not agree on a lot of things that are really not important eternally. And I think that's where uh, we often get caught up. We, we're frustrated and angry with each other about things that are very temporal. Um, I know sometimes in our family and our life here, I'll uh, challenge myself or somebody in our family, how important is this in five years, in 10 years? If you make a poor choice in this area today, in 20 years, will it matter? Uh, and quite often the answer is, well, of course not. <laughs> Does it matter if I have um, buy this car or that car, or if I uh, go on this vacation or don't go, or if I join this conference or don't go? There are lots of choices we make that in the short run might be helpful or make financially be difficult for us. But when we look forward 20 years, 30 years, is this choice going to be one that I'm going to look back at at as a defining moment. And there are choices that are like that. Uh, when you make a decision to get married, for example, okay, yes, in 20 years, very likely that choice will matter. It will still have ongoing consequences if you make a poor choice. Our ongoing benefits, you will reap the benefits of a great choice uh, down the road if you choose a partner who is following God with you and helping to lift you up to be the mature believer that God intends for you to be. So definitely there are choices that make a difference both here and now, today, tomorrow, next week, but also 20, 30 years down the road. And even though we do want to look at that bigger picture 20, 30 years down the road in this life, ultimately the question is, does this choice matter in eternity? Does this disagreement we're having uh, over this issue, is this issue an eternal issue? Is it one that is going to make a difference when I stand before my Savior and give an account for my life. Um, I think a lot of the decisions that we make, a lot of the things that we argue about, really are not that kind of decision. They're, they're important today. Uh, Ten years from now, we won't really remember it so much. Twenty years from now, we will have forgotten it completely. When we stand before our Savior, it will not be anywhere near the front of our, our thoughts. So, the body of Christ is so important. We, we can't allow um, minor if issues, trivial disagreements, or even large agreements should not divide us uh, to keep us from being unified. It's not unity around an idea. It's unity around uh, the Savior. It's unity around the Holy Spirit. It's a unity that's beyond our agreement on a set of of facts if it's beyond the gospel and the truths of Scripture. And quite often, particularly in our current political environment, people are divided and upset with each other over uh, issues that are not related to their spiritual life. Uh, they can't disagree in love. They can't disagree in a way that builds up. And ultimately, when I disagree with some someone, I may feel like it's important enough that I want to share that I, I don't believe that you see this correctly, but I want to do it in a way that shows that I respect you, uh, that I love you and care for you, and I really want you to grow. I, I want you to be the person that God wants you to be. Uh, so the way that I share my disagreement is important. Uh, this idea that the Holy Spirit has baptized us into a special body, uh, the church, 
is something that we, we should think about, we should be careful with as we go forward and, and um, consider our relationships. Um, it's, it's something that's so important to us as believers, as followers of Jesus, of Jesus as disciples in the world today. Uh, the church, uh, that rela- special relationship with other believers is so, so important. We really, really can't emphasize enough. Uh, God has given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you uh, His Word, and the Holy Spirit has placed you into this family. Uh, and no matter where we go, uh, no matter what we do, uh, who we talk to, as we travel the world, there are members of this family there, uh, and we're not intended to be alone. I think that's something that the world needs to understand today, that so many people who are, they feel alone, whether it's because of uh, the pandemic and, and people being isolated or quarantined or lockdowns or uh, because of social media and the kind of separating influence of that, people feel alone. They feel like they're by themselves. And we need to recognize, we, we need to be with God's family. We need to recognize we're in this together. Uh, we're not alone. Remind yourself, remind your family, and reach out to your church family and let them know, hey, I love you, I care for you. You're never alone. Thank you.